my space. It's my space. I can do whatever I want with my space. He's not wrong. I know, but it's... Don't point at him like he's right. No. That's rude. All right, that's our cold open. Welcome to the sixth episode of the My College Story Podcast. I'm Miranda Davis. And I'm Brian Motto. And we are the College Advising Office at All Saints in Tyler. Today we are talking about our favorite thing, standardized testing. No, we can't even joke about that being our favorite thing. I know, but it's a very important topic in our world, so we have to talk about it. I mean, yes, but favorite, mm, I can't, I really can't, I can't even joke about it being our favorite. Well, I thought maybe if we like joked about it, we'd be like, ha ha ha, we love standardized testing. It's the best. Not so much. Not so much. Okay. Well, needless to say, it is important. And so we felt like it was an important topic to talk about, especially right now, because we're getting more into the, it's time to do some testing of our process here. Yeah, absolutely. With our juniors right now, this would be the normal time when the class would really be focusing on. Uh, scheduling, looking at the calendar, scheduling their SATs, ACTs, things like that. Right. So we felt like this was pertinent information as well. So what, so a couple of things before we get into standardized testing, why is it important and what is the purpose of standardized testing? So why is it still important? Um, Let me get back to you on that. I don't know. We're, we're learning a lot this year as we found that uh, most of the colleges with the pandemic have gone test optional. And so we are still gathering data and we'll, we'll have a lot better read on what it means after this admission cycle. Yeah. But it is still important. And the purpose is to give the office of admissions, another metric basically to evaluate a student. Um, It in their world, can allow them to compare apples to apples. And so, you know, when you have so many different students coming from so many different high schools, so many different types of curriculums uh, and rigor and things like that, the tests can be that thing that they look at and they can say, okay, these students took the same test. So it's the only thing we have to compare that's the same. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is why it's always been important um, colleges there, uh, you know, I, I'm a big believer that standardized testing is not a good indicator of success at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does allow a college to compare a student to another student. Yeah. Cause being on the other side of it, you saw the, the, why it was important and how to use it whenever y'all were making decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So standardized testing. So right now there's just two types now, right? ACT and SAT, um, which are, they're a little different, but what is the main difference between those two? So if you look online, there's, there's a few differences and the main one really is Mm -hmm. that the SAT is, is two basic sections, right? It's the evidence-based reading and writing, which is basically English Mm -hmm. and then math. Yeah. 
And so although there are four sections of testing, Mm -hmm. it's really two subjects. Two scores. Correct. And so the ACT, there are four very different sections. There's English, math, reading, and science. And so that's the first main difference. Mm -hmm. And I think the second, well, the second big difference is is how they are scored, right? The SAT is scored on a scale from uh, up to 800. So each section is worth 800 points for a total possible score of 1,600. Yeah. The ACT, each section is scored from 1 to 36, and uh, then those scores are added together, divided by 4, to get your composite score. So again, the composite score is is potentially 36. Yeah. And that SAT has changed in the last few years, right? It used to be 2,400, and now it's 1,600 is the right. highest score. Right. So up until about, I think it was about 2005 the SAT was out of 1600. Then right around then 2005, 2006, somewhere in there, they added an essay section Mm -hmm. worth another 800 points. So that's when it went up to 2400. Wow. And then a couple years ago, they took that essay section back out, made it optional again, and and, and then not part of the score at all. So then at that point, it went back down to 1600. Yeah. Um, So Okay, the essay part. I know essay is offered. You can do it on the ACT and the SAT. Mm-hmm. Is taking the S is the essay part like important or is it optional really? At this point, really is optional. Mm-hmm. If a student is looking at a school, a college, or university that does not require the writing section, then under no circumstances do they need to take it. And more and more schools are saying that they don't look at it at all. So yeah. uh, our advice right now to the students is that they that they probably don't need to yeah. take it. Right now it's just, if you can take it, let's take it. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> essay or not, we just need to get that test under yeah. our belt. Um, okay, so we talked about the differences. Is there one that is better than the other? Is there one they should take? Like the ACT, like when you look at a student, you're like, ACT is the one you must take or SAT is the one you must take. And does it matter which one that you take? No, on on all accounts. So the colleges do not care which test you take. Um, they, they don't have a preference. They will look at each one equally. Uh, mm-hmm. So there, there is no preference in that regard. A student needs to take the one that they are most comfortable with. So our office's advice has always been, Take each one once, see how you do, see which one, A, that you score better on, and B, which one you're just more comfortable with. Yeah. And then concentrate on that one. Yeah, because I know, and when I, I think when we tell them which one you're more comfortable with, you get they, well, I'm not comfortable with either one of them because they're test, but they definitely do, like, they like the way the questions are asked or the way the mm-hmm. test is formatted, because some of them like those smaller, but multiple four sections in the ACT rather than the really two kind of three big sections on the SAT. Right. And that, that goes to one more little difference, uh, about the, the, uh, the test. And that's just the way the questions are asked. The questions on the ACT are very straightforward. Mm -hmm. It is a, as, as I've always said, it's a tell me what, you know, test. They're not trying to trick you or, or get you to go down a, a, a different road where the SAT, uh, the questions are more evidence and context-based uh, context uh, in an effort to focus on real-world situations and multi-step problem-solving. So, I mean, there's a little bit more there where, again, on that ACT, it is, here's the question, tell me the answer. Mm-hmm. And remind me, which one is the one, and I can't remember, there's one that they say, you know, if you get to, you know, that five-minute warning, if you get to it and you have questions, just go through and, like, we don't count against you 
we count tour like we only count the ones that are correct. So last year the SAT finally or last year the year before the SAT finally went with the uh, with the ACT on that. And mm-hmm. now both of them are like that. So the advice to the students is if you get to, you know, a minute left and you've got 10 questions left, you pick a letter and just go because yep. they, the, the wrong answers will not count against you. Awesome. Just great. Okay. So we also always tell them that, you know, don't make standardized testing a sport and on your extracurriculars. Right. <laughs> right. And so where I think some people, some parents, I'm, I'm going to throw that out there, think that we just need to keep taking it, keep taking it, keep taking it. But we really tell them three times is probably the max that you yeah. should take it. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly, Miranda. Um, it is it is not something that standardized testing is not something that should appear on your resume. <laughs> right. It, it is something that. Again, we, even though a lot of colleges at right now are test optional, we still think it's important. We still want the students to pursue, but at a healthy level and three times is a good healthy level, right? Uh, statistics have shown that after that third time, your test score really levels out unless you are doing something really incredible on the side to, to prepare more, mm-hmm. uh, to raise that score. Yeah. So then when we're talking about multiple tests, let's talk about super scoring. So this has become more popular in the last few years. Mm -hmm. What does super scoring mean and how do the colleges really look at that? Sure. So super scoring means that they are taking the best score from each category and adding them together over multiple testing dates. So if you take the SAT in May and in June, and in May you have your highest evidence-based reading and writing score in June is your highest math score. They'll take those two sections, combine it for what they call a super score out of 1600. Yeah. Okay. And schools will do the same thing with the ACT. So you can super score between your English reading, writing, um, math or English reading, math and science. Yeah. Um, and so, but they'll do the same thing. They'll take your best sub score and add them together from, from those multiple test dates. Yeah. And I know students always, I think I got a couple of questions about this this year is that I remember a student was so worried about how her English score may have even gone down or something like that, but her math score went up and she wanted to make sure she was worried, well, are they going to see my other English score and count it against me? Well, no, because they're not out to get you. Like we've said before, they want to make sure that they're you know, they want you and they want to fight for you. So they want the best from you. So they're only going to look at those best two scores. They're not gonna be like, well, on that other one, you went down a few points, so right. we're going to put a little asterisk right, right. there. Right. They're, they're called admission offices for a reason, yeah. right? They're looking for reasons to admit. Not They're not looking for reasons to deny. And so, yeah, when they are looking at a student's evaluation, they'll see the highest test scores. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So when we're getting ready for these ACTs and SATs, some of the prep that we always give advice on. So SAT, there's an easy free option is Khan Academy, which is a great, I think a lot of our teachers use it, especially I think uh, our math teachers use it for practice and stuff to do in class. So SAT, I've heard a lot of great things about the Khan Academy. They, you Mm -hmm. can link your SAT college board account on there and it makes, and I love to see the the parents' faces when I tell them this, it takes their test, like either their PSAT or an SAT that they've taken already, kind of custom builds questions that they need to work on based on what they missed on the last one. And they can even schedule it out, be like, okay, I'm taking a test in two months and I want to take two practice tests and I want you to remind me every day to do 
five questions and it will literally send them an email every day at a certain time to be like, hey, do these five questions. Hey, and on Saturday, you're going to take a practice test. Khan Academy is great. Khan Academy is great. So then ACT is ACT Academy, which is the exact same thing just with ACT through ACT instead of Khan Academy with College Board, right? Correct. Right. Awesome. But then we have one other option, which is not the free option, um, but we have partnered with Revolution Prep. So tell us a little more about Revolution Prep. Revolution Prep is a national testing company. They are uh, all over the country and they serve students who need tutoring in a variety of areas, including standardized testing. And so if we have a student who would like to reach out to them, they do a great job. We've Mm -hmm. seen a lot of our students use them and seen their scores go up. Um, it can be one-on-one, it can be in a group, but right now it is all virtual. And, uh, but our experience with them has been nothing but positive. Absolutely. And I think on the parent side, they love that their tutor does check in with them and say, Hey, this is what we've worked on. This is what we improved mm-hmm. on. This is what's, what their homework is and how we're, uh, moving on to progress. But really the ultimate thing with prepping for SAT and ACT is practice. Just like any other skill, the more you practice, the better you're going to get. That's right. Because they have the knowledge. It's just the figuring out those questions that mm-hmm. really hangs them up. Yep. How to read it, get through it a little quicker, um, learning learning to pace themselves, things yeah. like that. And so it is. It's practice. Yeah. All right. So down to the fun part of our year this year. Mm-hmm. Test optional. I think originally this episode I wanted to call it, what in the world is test optional? So... I think that everyone has heard test optional, but I don't know if everyone really understands what test optional means. Break it down for us. I'll do my best. So (laughs) with the pandemic, it caused the SAT and the ACT to have to cancel national testing days. So there were a lot of seniors who were not able to even take a test to send to a college. And that is when the college decided that they would move to what they call a test optional admission policy, where they would look at the, their grades, the rigor of their curriculum, their extracurriculars, take a harder look at their essay, things like that, and then not at all look at a test score, not use that as a piece of information in their process. And so that is what test optional means. Test optional means that if you would like to submit an application to a college without a test score, you can do so and still be considered for admission. Yeah. Which there have been schools who have done it in the past, just not as overwhelmingly numbers as we have this year. Right, right. This year, it's just very widespread where, yeah, test optional has been a thing for quite some time. It's just been on a a lower level where this year forced the hand of eh, just about every other college in the country. Yeah, I can't. I think there was like one or two that we saw in the fall that we were like, how are they not test optional? And we literally waited like a week and we got an email. Hey, we're test optional now. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good one. We're like, go, 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 send, send, send. All right. So test optional has definitely changed kind of how we're looking at it and what, how we are advising our students. So I think in like when in the past, I think we've had one or two, I think last year we had one or two that were test optional in a couple of places. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, they really do dig deeper into their classes, what rigor they're taking, what type of classes they're taking their into their 
really looking at their leadership, their essays and their recommendations, but what are some, how for school, so test optional, you can still send a test score. Mm-hmm. How are they, how are colleges, because we've been on so many webinars, you've been way more than I have, of colleges saying how they're doing that. So kind of like what's been the overall theme of how they're evaluating students with test scores versus students who uh, do not send test scores. Sure. So with, for the students who are sending test scores, um, they're really looking at the test scores only if they benefit the students. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say this, and and I don't necessarily have comments from deans or yeah. uh, the admission folks to back this up, but I don't know how they can ignore it. If they see a test score, it's really hard to unsee it, mm-hmm. especially if maybe it's below what they would normally admit. So our advice to students has been as long as your test score is in their their admit range or higher, go ahead and submit it. And this year, that advice has been been very good. Yeah, um, we will. You know, more information is coming out, literally as we speak, because the schools now have pretty much completed their cycle with regards to actually offering admission. Mm-hmm. And so now we're just waiting to see how the chips fall in terms of matriculations and if they have to go to the waitlist, if these schools have to go to the waitlist and things like that. But um, for the students who submitted a test score, I didn't see or I can't think of anybody offhand that I felt like that hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they're doing those for those students, though, that that didn't submit the test score, they're looking again at their at that curriculum, the rigor and how they have done in in their program. Mm-hmm. And they're really digging deep into that, comparing it potentially then to, say, a student who did submit a test score. Right. They're also looking at the school that they are coming from. Um, You know, there was one university that I have absolutely no question in my mind that we had so many students admitted because we have a great reputation with them. Mm -hmm. We have students, many alums who have attended the school and done very well there. And so they know our students, they know that, you know, this certain GPA, they know what they're getting with that. And so that definitely comes into play as well. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a little, a uh, humble brag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you ready? I guess. So I think another part of that is, and we talked about this the other day, that a big part of it is our keeping a good relationship as an office with those college reps and with the colleges and making sure that they know <laughs> They know kind of how our students are, what they do and building that relationship. I mean, I think that's a big part of our job that I had no idea when I stepped into this job, but you are so good at it because you literally know everyone and it's crazy. But, but I think us keeping that relationship does help our students down the line because we do have that open line of communication with the college advisors at different schools and different colleges so that they know what they're getting when they get a student from our school. Thank you. It's always been, honestly, it's been one of my favorite things. I'm a, I would say a very relational person. I enjoy that aspect of this job and, um, I do. It's fun to, it's fun to brag about our students and about our school. And so keeping those lines of communication open, letting the the counselors know that when they call us, we are going to tell them the truth and, Mm -hmm. and, and give them the information they need to make the best decision. Uh, for their school, um, you know, it, it goes a long way. And, and yeah, I think it, it does help our students. I have personally seen it help. So I'll, I'll throw that out there for you. 
So with so many schools being test optional, should the our juniors that are getting ready to start this process, should they still take the SAT and ACT? Yes. Okay, then. <laughs> no, we do want them to. So we, we do want them to pursue testing, even if they don't end up sending it. Yeah. We, we do want them to have a, a, a couple test scores. Yeah, just in case, because they might apply to some schools where we don't want them to send a test score. And they might then decide on a couple other schools where, hey, we think it's a good idea and it could actually help them in the process. And so our advice right now is, yes, pursue testing. Yeah, at least take it once, see how we're feeling about it, maybe take it again, see how it goes, and then go from there. Because I know we've met with a couple of juniors in the past couple of days. I know one was like, with all of my schools are test optional, should I still take a test? And we're like, yes. Yes. Might as well. Why not? It, if anything, we only want you to send it if it will help you. Right. And that's, and again, just us knowing the students and, and what they ultimately want to do helps us decide, you know, or are we going to send it or are we not? Yeah. And the nice thing for the students is the testing sites are opening back up. So, yeah. you know, we're kind of back to a normal national testing schedule. So it's not as difficult for the students to get a test yeah. right now. Yeah, especially here in the East Texas area, which is way different right. than others. So we're a little more fortunate. Um, and test scores are still in some schools linked to scholarships, correct? We did see that this year that, yeah. yes, the students, some of the students that had that that score in the, the scholarship range, they were able to earn that scholarship money easier than students who applied without test scores. Yeah. All right, a couple more things. If they do take a test... Do they have to send their scores? No, no, they do not. Because that's just a discussion that we have individually. Mm -hmm. We've had lots of those this year. Yep. All right. And then, and then you already talked about that. If you send it to one school, you do not have to necessarily send it to another school. Right. So we, you know, the students, students, you guys own your test scores. Mm -hmm. So you are in control of who sees what. Both tests, the SAT and the ACT, have what's called score option capability. So let's say you take the ACT three times, and on that third time, you have your highest score in each section. So that's your highest composite then as well. well that's the only score then that you have to send. You don't have to send those other two scores. Yeah. So you are, you are in control, students. You are in control. All right, I think that's everything about standardized testing. I don't think we could literally talk about anything else about it. And nor do we want to. No. Do it. Let's get it done and knock it off the list. And then talk about what schools you're going to send it to is the overall yeah, then, theme. Then we can get back to the fun stuff. That's right. All right. So next time, it's, I think it's time to talk to more people than just the two of Yeah, us. more students. More students. So I think next time we have a student who wants to talk about some of her admissions decisions she went through this past year. We were a little shocking to her, but we worked through mm -hmm. it. It's going to be fun. It's and guess great. what? It worked. It all worked out. It all worked out. All right. So that's another lovely episode of the My College Story podcast. Remember to follow us on Instagram. And um, yeah. All right. That's, that's the end of another episode of My College Story. Peace out, Boy Scout. Please put that in. <laughs> <laughs>